And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. Welcome to The Approach, episode 15. I am your host, Jeremy Seaholm. And I'm Danny Finn. What's going on? Not much. I don't know how I feel about these Zooms. I mean, they definitely make life easy, but it's weird. It's definitely weird. You know, life's just been kind of happening lately. And, you know, we got, got to get it out. And like I said, it's it, it's easy. It Not is always easy. the best, but it's easy. We'll have to uh, figure out how things are going to go. We do uh, we do have to do some catching. Who do we have on today? We have Paul Berger. I was so excited for this one. And, you know, he didn't disappoint. He had some great stories. One and of the most famous games on uh, TV ever on Channel 5. Yep. You know, he seemed a little bit reserved to do the interview, yeah. but I think once he heard uh, Tommy's, you know, he's like, all right, you know, I'll do it. And then, you know, he opened up a little bit. We we're laughing. It, it was a great time. And that's kind of what I wanted this whole podcast to be is, is a place for people to share their stories and kind of open up and really let people be the star for, you know, whatever it is, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, however long we uh, keep them hostage for. Like, and that's really what, what we need to have are these stories so they don't get lost. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So without further ado, let's get Paul in here. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming in. My uh, pleasure. Hopefully it wasn't too much of a drive for you. Not bad at all. So you, this is about the only thing that you and I actually have in common. You both, we both grew up bowling at Fairway. Correct. Now the kids league, I mean, we talk about the, the, the kids league with other show with other you know centers. Fairway always had a huge kids league. Thirty-two kids, five. You said it was five on a team. Thirty-two lanes, five, five kids to a team. And you bowled in the kids league there as well. I bowled. Yeah, um, I got into the senior boys league at eleven. Supposed to be twelve, but I was a little younger than the guys that I knew, and I had just moved there. Um, so Helen watched me bowl, and she said that. You're I ready. Could, I could go into the senior league, so so I bowled in the senior league for about five years. It was a great experience. Yeah, I've always said here with like the kids league, people ask about like the age grouping. We don't really group it by age or group it by skill at this point. Yeah. We also don't have the depth that right yeah. that was once you know big in the game. We have sure. 21 kids. Yeah. I mean that was four lanes for you guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, I mean, I know my experience with Helen Helen running the kids league, and she was strict. Right. I can't imagine she was any less strict back in the 60s. <laughs> if anything, she, she was tougher. She softened when, uh, when you came up, Jeremy. Oh, she had to. Well, she, at that point, she was in her 70s, so, or 60s anyway. But, I mean, there was one time I, I told him, I, you know, I gave the ball rack a little tap, and oh, she grabbed me by my shirt, yeah. ripped me off the approach, told, yeah. told me to sit out the rest of the day. I know it's not a kids' league story, but my favorite one still is the cigarette burn. Uh, were, you, were you there for that? I don't uh, think so. Danny Murphy told keeps telling a story about a, a state tournament where somebody dropped a cigarette on the carpet, yeah. and she shut the whole tournament off. Like <laughs> she she killed all the lanes and said, "If if I see another cigarette burn, this tournament's over. Now you're gonna you're gonna send all these people home." Yeah, <laughs> I just I can't. Yeah, Helen wasn't shy. <laughs> no, she. Uh, it was her way. And uh, when you look back, her way was the right way, but but she was tough. <laughs> and then, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, her brother George, who we don't, 
we don't really talk about. Yeah. He kind of was the opposite of her. You know, they, I feel like they kind of yeah. equaled each other out a little bit. Very loose. Very loose. Very smiley all the time. Uh, I knew George for a lot of years, and uh, he was a great guy. Just a great guy. Now, who, like, who were the main like instructors? Like, while while you were bowling the kids, like, was it Helen that mainly helped you out? Uh, Helen helped me out on one one particular issue, um, but I never really took any instruction from anybody else. I um, I did a lot of uh, watching good bowlers, you know, guys like Fran Honorado. Most of the the, the things that I picked up from Fran were how to play wood shots. Mm -hmm. You know, he used to use the cap and um, for, you know, situations where if you hit the wood on, in the middle or on the end, it wasn't going to do it. Right. The cap, you know, the, the, the ball went one way, the, the pin went the other, and I wound up being able to do that quite quite a bit, and um, but he was uh, he was a good guy to watch in those days. Uh, he was uh, one of the key key bowlers. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think it's important to watch bowlers, see how they play shots. But did you not just watch them? Did you go over and ask them like, why did you play a shot a certain way, and try to learn from that perspective? Because I know sometimes when the ball breaks differently, people have different approaches. Yeah. Was it just watching for you? I just you? watched. I just watched. Okay. I picked up a lot of stuff uh, that I put into my game. Um, but I, I guess, uh, you know, I was watching when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14. And I guess I was a little shy to go yeah. at that point. Mm -hmm. When I started scoring in the state tournaments, then you get to really know the guys. It's a lot easier. Yeah. That, that was actually going to be one of my next questions because I don't. You know, my father being in the Senior Boys League, she used to have the kids from the Kids League keep score for the state tournament. See, he aged me just now. <laughs> <laughs> See this? I do it I mean, all the time. <laughs> but I mean, my, I mean, my, my father would tell me all the stories. You know, they get a, a lunch ticket or something yeah. like that from yeah. the, from the uh, the snack counter yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, and when it was all over, you could bowl into the night. <laughs> no. How how was it watching those guys while you're keeping score for them? I mean, was it like an intimidating thing? Like you don't want to like screw anything up or just? It was phenomenal. I mean, uh, you, all the names that you heard, the Pete Iannuzzo's, the Fran Honorados, the Mike Sanics, you know, you would you would get to see them in, in action. And um, the, in those days, though, the guys smoked. Oh, yeah. And they, the cigarettes would be right in front. There'd be two <laughs> things, one for each lane, yep. and the smoke used to just go right into your eyes. Oh, that's, yeah. it's like it has a honing device. Yeah. Right? The smoke just goes right in your face. That's like the Jim Gaffigan joke where he talks about bowling. He said, you know, the atri is built into the bowling equipment. <laughs> <laughs> but now, was, was that like an experience? Like, you're like, wow, I, I want to be a part of this now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I've said like that's so great about this game is you can idolize these people, especially if you're watching as a kid. Yeah. I unfortunately didn't watch that much as a kid, but you know, I, I started watching more when I became a bowler, like yeah. a house bowler, yeah. and then Jeremy kind of explained to me who was who and everything. And then a couple years later, if you have the talent, you start bowling against these guys. You've talked about that, uh, Jeremy, a lot of times watching these guys on TV and then you got the chance to bowl against them. Yeah. What well, was that moment for you? For me, uh, the one I remember the most is is bowling side by side with uh, Mike Sanic. And uh, 
I swear we hit the head pin the same amount. We had the same amount of, of strikes and spares, but at the end, he scored 1285 and I scored 1180. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? So you realize that you're a little yeah. behind the curve and yeah. you got a, a ways to go. Yeah, you have to take a step back because I know I've thought that before. I'm throwing the same ball he is. Well, you're not. You're not. <laughs> but I, I, like my first TV roll-off, I was paired with Charlie Judras. And so I go, I put my stuff down, and he comes over. And, you know, nicest guy. Yeah. Nicest guy ever. And he, and, and as good as Richie Myrick did it, you know, he comes over and he goes, how you doing, kid? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know, and he ended up beating me by a couple of pins. He goes, ah, I still beat you. Yeah. And you know, gave me a wink and I'm like, I can't even be mad. I never yeah. met Charlie, but I always feel like whenever ever anybody does like an impersonation, like the lights dim around everything except who Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, and whoever he's talking to. It's just the two of you in the room. Yeah. It, it, it really is. That's that's how he was. Yeah. No, was there somebody like once you started bowling? Uh, competitively was there somebody that brought you in like to their group that kind of helped you along um, yeah there were there were a few people I mean once I, I I really got to know Fran he wound up pitching on on one of the uh, local softball teams that I played on but um, uh, he was he was one and there were there were some other people, but they're not always big names, uh, but they're mm -hmm. good bowlers. Yep. Steve Halatic was um, he was on a team on Monday nights that they wanted me to bowl on, but Steve came over to me and he said, you know, this is the big boy time. He says, you don't leave any pins on the plate. You don't throw any pins away. If you do, you won't be on this team yep. for long. Yep. And, you know, once you understood the game, the rules, the way he wanted to play them, you fit into that team. And, you know, yep. and so he was, uh, he was a great, great figure for me. Father type figure. Uh, but, but uh, you know, he... I watched him grow old, and his average never changed. <laughs> it was always good. No, I think even today there's an appreciation for not giving up any balls, giving up any pins. Every yeah. every pin counts, especially yeah. you know in the middle of the game. You never know what total print fall is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, was that the Monday night league? Yes, it was. So my my first year in that league was probably I think ninety seven, ninety eight. I was brought in by a guy who bowled in my father's like mixed league, who happened to be. Reggie DeLine's team. Yeah. So my first experience on, you know, bowling in a, in a competitive league is with, with Reggie, which was an experience in itself. But I'm watching around, same thing. I'm, nobody's throwing balls away. Everybody is, it, it was a great learning curve to just be better because I was only averaging like 107 at the time. I think I finished with like a 111. Yeah. You know, you know just that was kind of like the start of it. Yeah. But, um, Reggie, Reggie should be famous. He's the I legend. Mean, he, you know, first of all, he did a lot for the game. He did. Um, but people don't remember when Tommy Olster did his 21 weeks. His first match was with Reggie Deline. Was was that that was his first match? That was his first match out of the 21, and Reggie needed. 13 pins to tie and 14 to win in the last two boxes. And he wound up tying them. And Tommy won in overtime. Wow. 
And so that that 21 wow. streak could have not been. <laughs> Might not have even started. Yeah. So what, was that the – I wonder if that was the only match that went into overtime. I don't know. I did go up, you know, because Tommy and I had got real friendly. And so, I, you know, I, I had opportunities to, to take time off. And I'd go up and I'd watch him throw his three matches. We'd go out to dinner and uh, or lunch. And, uh, Did you make him pay with his winnings? or <laughs> No. <laughs> and, um, but it was, uh, it was unbeatable at times. Yeah. And anyone that, that went to bowling, well, it's like they started 20 pins down. Yeah. Well, yeah, Craig, <laughs> when Craig basically made a situation where he needed a double yeah. to beat him, was there any confidence of, okay, I got this? He said, against most bowlers, yes. Against Tommy, no. No. <laughs> no you, you, it's like, ah, he, he only needs a double. Yeah. 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 Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a triple. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Why not? Just, cause, just because. Yeah. Now, when did you make Channel 5 the first time? Uh, against Alan Wallace, and I think I, it was in 86. And he was horrible, and I was worse. <laughs> and uh, he beat me by a few pins. And um, then the next year I was on, and I won two. And then after that, I started, I started winning a lot of matches. So you didn't really start doing TV roll-offs until later on? Um, I, had, um, I had about 19 or 20 seconds. So I was doing them. Uh, they were at that point restricted to area. You had to yep. stay in your own area. Yeah. So uh, having that many seconds, I was close a lot. When they opened it up, and you could, you know, from from Natick, you could hit a couple of different areas with no problem. Just, right. uh, you know, even uh, the South Shore. You know, you go to Noah with it, it's like a half hour away. We talked about the chasing roll-offs, right? Yeah. yeah, I think like Joe Schifferdecker used to tell me, he's like, oh, he's like, I got to roll off in Malden at like 10 a.m. and then yeah. I got to go over to Cambridge at, <laughs> at, at, at 2. And Get then, on any way you can. And yeah. then I got to hit Woburn at 9. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But I mean, that was what people did to try to get on that show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that was the show. That is. You know. Um, that was Candlepin Bowling. And I mean, it's a, it's a shame that it ultimately went out. But obviously, your 500 is off the your favorite. I'm guessing your favorite show. Did you ever have any other matches that were up there in importance? I had a, I had a couple of matches. I think it was maybe two, maybe three matches against Jeff Atkins, of which I was fortunate enough to win them all. One of them went into overtime. In the last box, in order to force overtime, I had to throw the three pin over to the four pin, no wood. And it actually went off the wall and rolled and took it down. Wow. And I beat him in overtime. And the funniest thing was I bumped into him another time and he said to me, he said, my mother hates you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, the most intense match I ever had was I got the opportunity to bowl Ed Zernike the day after his mother passed away. I remember that one. You know, I had known Ed since I was 13 years old, and he come in and and you know he's got tears in his eyes, and Don yeah. Gillis is talking to him, and everybody's around him, and. 
And I said to him, I said, why are you here? Cancel the match. I don't have any problem with it. Just cancel the match. And he said, he said she'd want me to bowl it. You talk about heavy hearts. Yeah. You could feel it in the building. It was so emotional. You know, I had to, I had to kind of reset. Yeah. And uh, remember that at that point I was out of work and I needed money. Right. And so it was like, what do you, how do you right. do this, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it would also be disrespectful to lose on purpose. You know what I mean? I think you, yeah. you had, right. I think he wanted you to give him your best. Because if he beat you, he wanted to beat you on your best, yeah. not, you know, a pity. It was and, a great match. Yeah. I, I came down to the last two boxes and I got two marks and one, but it was the hardest match yeah. I've ever had to throw. And, um, I mean, you you know what the building was like, probably. Yeah. It was like you were at the wake. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, well, Jeremy I, I had I had a similar situation. I mean, we were talking earlier about, yeah. about my grandfather. Yeah. The day after he passed away, we had one of our New England candle pins tapings. Yeah. And I wanted nothing to do with bowling. Yeah. Like, I had I had no yeah. interest in being here. Yeah. I, and... I'm like, ah, I said, but for I those got listening it. for the first time, Jeremy's grandfather came to everything, all the roll-offs, yeah. everything, knew what he needed. So yeah. It, yeah, so I I'm like, I got a bowl. I got a bowl. Like it, you know, it, it's I have to. Yeah. It was the worst I think I've ever bowled. It was yeah. terrible. Like my heart wasn't in it, my mind wasn't in it. I threw I threw a one mark eighty six. It was just bad. It was like the worst. I'm and like, he had bowled against Michael Gender, who I believe said to you afterwards, this one doesn't count. Like, he took the win, but knew, yeah. you know, this wasn't. It's a, yeah. it's a tough situation to yeah. be in both. both. Yeah. So there are there are tough tough times. I, I remember coming to a roll off. I mean, uh, to to a taping, and they were putting a uh, an in ground swimming pool in my backyard. Uh, I get a call from my, my wife and she says, they can't do it because it's too soft. They have to put a, a, a bunch of cement in the bottom to, to set it so that they can put the pool in. And it'll, you know, so it'll hold. She, she said it's gonna double the cost. And they got the hole dug and I said, just go outside and tell them to fill in the hole and we'll talk later. And I proceeded to throw, I think, a 308 against Gary Carrington's 380 something, or 400 something. I mean, <laughs> you know, those yeah. those are the matches that you don't even try to, you don't even bring yourself back to. That was awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bowled uh, Eric Seeger once. Uh, Shortly after getting laid off, and I think it was five game series. I think I went four something. Yeah, and he went six hundred, which was great because I lost every game. At least he bowled well. It wasn't yeah. like I lost close games, yeah, and right. if I had my head in it, so I was yeah. glad that at least something good had happened. But yeah. the last place I wanted to be was here. Yeah, oh, of course, of course. So, yeah. but those are always tough matches. Yeah. Going back a little bit now, I, we talked to uh, Dad, who didn't really start bowling until he was what 16, 17 years old, if not older. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Then you have other people who threw a ball when they were three years old. Yeah. Did you play other sports growing up, or were you strictly bowling uh, as a youth? I uh, I played a lot of baseball. As a matter of fact, I had an opportunity to go to the Atlanta Braves training camp. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I don't know what level it would have been. I got worked out by a, uh, a scout that lived in our area, and he had seen me play, so he worked me out for about three hours 
He said, I can, I can get you into the program, and you know, after that you see, see how you grow. However, my, my dad had died about a year before, and my mom would have been alone in the house. You know, I had never done any kind of traveling. I'd really yeah. never been alone. And I just, uh, I passed on didn't it. Didn't feel right. Just didn't feel right. But I played a lot of baseball, a ton of softball, a lot of football. I have the operations to prove it. <laughs> now, were you a pitcher? Uh, no. I just felt like no. the throwing a ball. No, <laughs> no I was uh, shortstop and left field. Although I feel that a lot of canopy bowlers were, were good baseball players. Yeah. That, that's I, what I'm finding out. And I think maybe it has to do with the batting, but I mean, and Dedden said it as well. It's such a hand-eye coordination sport, oh, yeah. canopy bowling. So yeah. if you can translate that, maybe that's why I'm not taking it to the next level bowling. I was a terrible baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I've reached my peak at Candlepin too. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I never know. So... You talked about earlier again. We had all these stories that we were talking about earlier. Like your first experience at the Worlds. Like for years, you didn't go up. Yeah. Um, what, what was the first team you went up with? It was uh, staff studded. Billy Trefoe, Tommy Olsta, myself, Jack Sanic, Don Richmond, and uh, Mike Morrill. That was the that's, first team I went up with. That, that's a team. And it's, we, uh, it's funny. We finished like, second. <laughs> I hear about teams like this, and I always wonder, like, how did you not just run the whole field? But there yeah. were so many good bowlers back then that there well, were teams we, we ran we ran the week, but we didn't do uh, we didn't do well in the last match. And when I say we, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> I won the high average up there that year, but the last very last match, I did not bowl well. And where was this at? Uh, this was in in Maine. That's Most of the um, most of the times that I was involved in. And shooting in the playoffs and, and average and all of that, it was Maine. I really liked that house. Yeah. And in Canada, I had a little problem. It, it just seemed like my ball wouldn't track the same way, uh, like there were oils on the lane, like they were 10-pin lanes. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. I had one year that, that I did well, but the other two. So I was up, uh, I did the Worlds for six years six great years you know I wish I had started earlier but uh, I didn't but I am so thankful that I have those years to look back at yeah I mean they were great I mean for those who haven't done the tournament I mean it's it's unlike anything it, it really is especially in you know those days where every team there's no match off yeah I mean every team is a powerhouse every team could win the tournament that's right you know, the talent was unbelievable. I mean, also was talking about his team where they went. What did he say? They went eighty-six and two or something. Yeah. Something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I meant to ask him, like, who beat you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, and he's talking about Alfie's team. You know, yeah. the, the Western Mass guys. Yeah. I just, I would love to have seen that. I can. I mean, some people have posted videos from like the early nineties ones. Yeah. But you, you still don't really get that feel. Yeah, they, you, they, there were some teams like uh, the Carrington and Peter Flynn, Bob Kelly, Jackie Ray, Joe Ashline, and there was one other guy that bowled with them. Was, um, it, was it Cookie? It was Cookie. Right. Matter of fact, Cookie came to us in 94, and that's when we won. Wow. And we beat them in the finals. Maybe it was the missing piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ulster had gone the other way. Oh, they, they flip-flopped? They kind of flip-flopped, and 
and we were lucky enough to beat them. Now, Bowling on Channel 5, Channel 50, we've talked about this before um, on other shows that back then there was no high fives, there was no fist bumps and everything like that. Yeah. Do you, and, but you're talking about also like going and seeing Tommy and you bowled against Tommy as well. Yeah. You had these friendships off the lane. That on the lane, fierce competition. Do you miss that at all? And oh, I'm, Competition is, was my whole life. Yeah. And I, I, I miss it more than I can eat, words can even say. Now, do you watch like the New England Candlepins or the other shows that have been I on? I haven't, I haven't really because I, I really don't know when they're on and, and... Well, they're all on YouTube now. You can watch yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> I do watch, I do, I do every once in a while yeah. go into YouTube. Because I was going to say, now you see everybody fist bump and high five and sometimes giving each other hugs. Yeah. Not for nothing. I know this is an air date misleading or whatever, but I did drop an episode today. Oh yes, the uh, so the whole uh, what is it? The first round. The whole first round was up. So it may. By the time it, this airs, the whole thing's going to be up probably. But yeah. um, it's also my show too. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> you, you did okay. <laughs> you beat one Nick Norcross who just aired. <laughs> on, so today is the day that Nick Norcross's yeah. uh, episode aired. But but when you see that, like, does it? Do you think to yourself that the game has changed so much, or just does it not matter to you at all? You know, it's probably just me. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't see the high level match that you used to see on mm-hmm. Channel Five. Right. You know, where both bowlers are averaging 128, 130, and they bowl like it. Yeah, and I think Classic Candlepins probably had some of the more the top heavy bowlers. Yeah, against um, each other. Sarge, Sarge was on it. Sarge was on um, that. Sarge was yeah. on it. I think Fuller's been on it as well. Fuller's been on it. Peter Pereira's been on it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Peter, Peter Surrett, when we would go up to uh, where his father managed uh, one of the North Shore bowling alleys. The Candlewood. Yeah, Candlewood and Reading. Yeah, and um, and then he would get on the lanes and he would just bowl and bowl and bowl and bowl. We bowl our our five strings. He'd be down the other end, boom, never stopped. <laughs> and uh, I have watched him a, a couple of times on TV, and uh, he gets it. He's good. Uh, now, <clears throat> now you, you brought up Olsta. Olsta said to us, you were the only one that had his number. Yeah. <laughs> and he said I'd be smiling if I heard it. <laughs> I was smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's, uh, it's true. I beat him twice uh, on Channel 5, regular show. I beat him in the live show, and I beat him on a couple other shows. And even when we used to bowl for for money on a, on a, a three-stringer up in uh, the worlds against each other, you know, uh, I, beat the, I beat him then. I was going to say you even beat him at worlds when you kicked him off the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, was there anybody that you had trouble with? Actually... I wrote down a guy's name that I, I he was fr- from the New Hampshire area and you didn't see him that much. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll, that it'll come to you old. later. Well, <laughs> but he um but he had my number. He beat me like three times, once on 27, twice on 5. Uh It's funny how that works like. Yeah. And um I mean you know, they were good matches. Yeah. He, he just beat me. I mean, he, he was that good. You said you didn't see him a lot. That's probably good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, he liked bowling me. Yeah. <laughs> he picked up some impossible shots. Yeah. 
he had a leave that I can remember that I figured maybe he gets eight. He picked it up and threw a strike on it, and that was it. Was right at the end of the match, and that was it. No opportunity. You, you know? look at you know a match like you were just in and that CPL bone with Eric Seeger against Chris Bovair and uh, Freshy, and. Eric was born against Bovera. Bovera is a much more established bowler between the two of them. And then Eric had, what, the six and seven that he had cut over? And then you could see that the match kind of ended at that point. Because, yeah. And I don't know, I'm not saying that anybody was sleeping on Eric, but I think it was more of, yeah. it was a surprise to everybody. And good for him for picking that up. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, as I said, I was fortunate against, against Tom Olster, but I think it was the competitive getting up for a match yeah yeah that that did that and i'm gonna guess that the guy that you had trouble with is probably doing the same thing yeah against you you know tommy just beat everybody so he probably didn't think he was going to have any trouble with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean that's a, he, i feel like he didn't care i mean he cared but like he was just like oh, i'm just gonna bowl yeah that's yeah. all i do i'm just gonna bowl yeah, whatever happens you know like i i he was loose i mean he he was a stud, and he threw the ball, you know, effortlessly. He played wood shots that I've never seen played the way he played them, and they went. And I looked at him, and I, I couldn't figure out how, but he he was the man. I mean, was it just like he threw the ball? So I mean, it didn't look like he threw the ball that hard, like as yeah. hard as he did. No, he it, it, it was like deceiving, but I wonder if that he was had, just he had plenty on it. He just sprayed everything around. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. took that long approach. Oh, he used the whole thing. Well, yeah. it's funny. We were talking with him about three-step approach, four-step approach, five. He said, I just know how you're supposed to end up. I don't worry yeah. about... Yeah, just... and and because he started and, and had so much momentum, he threw the ball extremely hard and people yeah. didn't realize it. And I had the, the very small approach that not a lot went wrong with timing-wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but in the later years, the shoulder surgeries and the back surgeries and the neck surgeries, he probably had the better approach. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, even even your shoulder approach, you still had a lot on your ball, too. Oh, I, I threw hard. I mean, I had, in my day, I, was, I had a good arm, you know, and I, and I used my legs a lot. Interestingly enough, when I heard Tommy on the podcast talking about all the practicing that he did. In my better years, which were, you know, the, maybe the last half of my bowling career, I kind of did it different. I bowled one league. If I was gonna tape on a Monday, I would probably throw in a Friday practice. Mm -hmm. And what I did is the kind of things that they talk about now where you I used to walk a couple of miles and think about nothing but how do I want to end up? How do I want to feel when I'm throwing the ball? You know, uh, how do I want to release the ball? What kind of lift do I want? And, and imagine it in my mind. Because I didn't have the time to bowl the practice that, that he, he was able to bowl because my job uh, just my jobs wouldn't allow that. But also, my body wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah, right. That's the problem I have. I mean, I work, I work here. People say, you must bowl every day. I can't. My, yeah, my yeah. knee, I would never be able to. I don't bowl back-to-back -back days yeah. on purpose. Hey, I iced for the last 10 years of my career every single night. You know, that, that was my... 
That yeah. was my sacrifice to do what I love to do. Yeah, I don't think people realize, you know, for a game that doesn't, it's just bowling for those who don't bowl, but it wear and tear your shoulder, your knee, your back, every, it's, there's yeah. so many, yeah. I don't want to say jerky motions because it's smooth, but you're really yeah. pinpointing a few areas yeah. that I don't think are meant to go that way. Well, uh, you look at Tommy, uh, how loose he was, the approach, the extension that he got, I don't think he's ever had a pain in his life with the well, game. Well, he was injured at the end of his run, I thought. What, didn't he get, or was it 50? He, I thought he was bowling hurt for a while. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. I thought he, yeah. there was a match he had where they were saying he was not 100%. But Maybe yeah. it was Channel 50. Yeah. You're looking at, like, I know, he, I don't think you've met him, but you remember Mongo? Yeah. 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 I mean, you look at him now, I mean, he's got four knee braces oh, yeah. and all's wrapped. Like, he's had, I don't know how many surgeries he's had. Yeah. But he still he still bowls every every Monday night up at Metro. Yeah, because yeah, they live stream the match. <laughs> I'm just like, there ah, it is. There is. There's Mongo. If you want to do it, you do it. I mean, a lot of people, you know, that's what determines when they stop. Yeah. When I when I got back from Colorado and I looked, there wasn't really anything in the there, game there to do. Uh, I would not have been happy. Just being a once a week, once a week bowler. bowler. Yeah. So there was really nothing, you know. I I had uh, I was out in Colorado between my age fifty to fifty four, and um, when I came back, there were, there was just nothing to do. So the game kind of faded and yeah. away. Um, well, I feel like a lot of the guys stopped once Channel Five went off. Yeah. I mean, I know we still had Channel 50. Yeah. But, it, but not for that much longer. It went off, too, for a while. It did. Uh, yeah. In the late 90s. Well, mid to late 90s, it went off. Yeah. And then it came back. It came back. back. Yeah. It came back. And yeah. I feel like it was a little bit better when it came back. It was good. It was you a know, good show. You know, they had... Because when it was at... Was at... Um, Park Place. Park Place, yeah. Yeah. And they the, switched it. They switched it to Lita. Yeah. And then they added, you know, those a lot more people in the stands at that point. But... It, it ended up being a, a really good show. And then yeah. they had the Channel 56 show, which was a really good show for one year. Yeah. And then I think the CW bought WB and yeah. that went yeah. away. You know, apparently nobody just wants to put on a bowling show. Yeah. We're still, still. Uh, I know people keep saying it's never going to happen again. I don't know. I'm still hopeful. Yeah, we could be hopeful. <laughs> yeah. You know, with uh, the right approach, you know, uh, Somebody, you know, the, the, the key is sponsorship. Mm -hmm. You gotta go out and you gotta have film and you gotta convince somebody that, that this is a worthwhile thing. Uh, you know, you look at Channel 5, their numbers were phenomenal. They were yeah. better than the Red Sox on, on Saturdays. They were up uh, as high as seven point something. Yeah. Um, and the, the determination in their mind was that the audience was not the buying audience that they wanted. Right. Uh, they also only used their truck for that one show that they had that Phil Rubin used to arrive in. Yep. I don't believe any of it, to be perfectly honest with you. They had numbers that that they should have stood by. I think yeah. Phil believed that too. But. You know, I think that the the management wanted to move on. It was a, well, I guess it was a new marketing lady, yeah, or something like that's, that. That's, that's, that's what, what Helen that's told what me. we heard. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what Helen yeah. told me. So, but I think a lot of times too, they just want to put their own footprint on something. That's right. Yeah, right. So, I mean, we obviously can't 
not talk about your 500. I feel like that's what everybody you know <laughs> wants to really hear about. Yeah. Um, going into that match, no, was that was that the first which first show? match of the day? That was the first match of the day. Now, do you feel any like different that day? No. Just 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 normal. Just normal. Just normal. Uh, I had been throwing the ball well, and you know it it just. Everything just felt right. Just one of and those. I was bowling uh, Dave Richards' cookie, as everybody knows him. <laughs> yeah. Talking to myself that I wanted to get off real quick against him. And I threw two nines. <laughs> and he threw spare nine spare. And I kind of said, gee, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> and um, after that, uh, marks kept coming. I was about to say it's it's one of those where your 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 body just does whatever like you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. You're, you're, you know the delivery is the same, the mechanics are the same, everything yeah. is just just yeah. so. And then you have you have Cookie who throws probably one of the quietest three seventy ones I think I've ever seen. Yeah. You know I, I don't he didn't have a strike. Uh, no, he had a few nine pin drops and he got robbed by Wood a few times. He. Um, he, he, I mean, he's a great guy. And, oh, I love, uh, I, love, I love Cookie. It was it was interesting. You know, when you're bowling a match on, at least for me, when you're bowling a match on, on TV like that, the only thing that matters is you win the match. Right. And so I, was, I would look at the score after the first string and look at the score after, you know, midway through the second string. And about that time, I realized I got this match. Yeah. So then I, you know, then I really started concentrating on score. Right. So you, did, you didn't have the scoreboard watch. No, no. As a matter of fact, in the third string, I don't remember looking at the scoreboard. The, the manual one that they kept, yep. you know, that Watching you could see. Yep. Uh, I don't think I ever looked at it. As a, a matter of fact, when the match ended and there was a roar... I thought I had thrown a, a, a 200 string, yeah. not a 500 total. So, I mean, you know, you kind of lose yourself. I, I really went into a zone in that third string. I don't... I, I was about to say, I mean, I mean, you started off with the, with the, with the strike, although you had a nine blocks, I think, in the third. Third, 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 third frame, yeah. Third frame, you had a nine. Now, like, going through that string, was anyone in the crowd talking to you or anything like that? Just no. saying, no. No. They just kind of knew it up. No. Yeah, it was. It was like you don't say perfect game during a perfect right. game. Yeah, right. it was kind of quiet, and you know, as far as people talking, you know, Cookie would would prod me on. You know, uh, he, he knew the match was over, so he was. Uh, I mean, like I said, he's a great guy, and and he's taken a lot of abuse <laughs> for that show. No, but when, uh, now when you guys are coming off the lanes, I, I yeah. don't know why I've never like really asked. Like, do you guys say anything to each other like in passing? Because yeah. I know there's no high fives or anything, but yeah, it, it, you sometimes if someone got robbed of a shot or made a really good shot, yeah, you definitely say something. Okay, yeah, more apt to say something if if they made a really good right, shot. Right, right, right. So, but I, I just remember, remember my dad telling me about it because it, it Paul Daviani, who was working at the Mullen Alley, yeah, yeah he um, he was telling us, so he's like, oh my god, like this show just happened, like he was telling us when it was going to be on, stuff like that. So we were watching, like the third string, I was just like in awe, like, like is this normal? Like, does this happen? <laughs> like, what is going? Like, and it was just, it didn't matter. Like every every ball right in the pocket. Yeah. It. And, um... It was a it was a 
a good time. Somebody had, had written on the site that which is better, throwing a two, 200 string or throwing the 500. Later in that, in between the two tapings, I bowled the same format on the same lane with a guy that, that I had bowled with in the leagues. And I threw a 220 string, just six strikes in a row at the end. And uh, maybe it's because it was just the two of us, but the 500 felt a lot better when I really realized. Yeah, we, we, we had that, that little scorecard at the desk yeah. <laughs> uh, behind the counter. Yeah, yeah he would, filled it out. He, the, the, I, 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 I would have to say the 500. I mean, you have to be good for 30 boxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to say anybody, but I mean, a really good bowler can be very good for 10 boxes. But to be really good for, for 30, that's... Do you remember Sid, uh, the guy that used to run the Wolf, Wallex? Uh, I never met him. I've, I've heard stories. Yeah, he, he said, he came over to me. He didn't say a lot to anybody. But he came over to me and he said, you know what I liked about the 500? He said, it was all different. There were single pins, finesse shots, and the power game. Yeah. The strikes. And he said it had it all, and it was consistent all the way through. That was to to me, that was a real compliment yeah, because yeah. he didn't say anything to anybody. Oh, oh I, have, I, have, <laughs> I have to be honest. So, so in the tenth box, um, you, you threw the hammer in, yeah. the, in the tenth. Yeah. And I needed a count. And, and I'm sitting there like, I'm like, he's gonna throw another double. I'm like he's gonna throw another double. And then you you kind of shank the ball and yeah. went. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> and and now I'm I'm faced with this monster thing. I have no idea what I need. Yeah. For the 500, I uh, hit the headpin a little heavy and I sprayed. Yeah, the way you hit it, like yeah. I like when I watch it back, I'm like yeah. I'm, su I'm, su I'm amazed that you got yeah. that out. Yeah. And the seven pin was the last to fall, and I sat down, you know, at, afterwards, and Algelio leaned over. You know, he used to sit beside Don Gillis, and I said, it's a good thing I didn't know I needed nine. I probably would have put it on the other alley. And he, <laughs> and he cracks up. Yeah. You can hear him laughing in the background. So. What, what, I, what I loved when I was reading in Mike Morin's book, I wasn't, I think it was Phil Rubin that he might have been talking to, or like how much like filler they had because of all the marks that were thrown. Yeah. You know, yeah. they probably, I mean, they used to, and it was a Holbrook that said, like, you know, if you're moving too fast, stay on the same lane. <laughs> yeah. So I was always too fast. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you have any, a lot of people are asking, do you have any of the old tapes that you were on that maybe haven't made it to YouTube yet? Because I know a lot of people, Brendan's one of them, have been trying to convert them for everybody to see. Yeah, I, I don't have many. Um, you know, there's been a lot of moves in between for yeah. me. Uh, and a lot of them were, you know, show my age, a lot of them were on 8-tracks. And the conversion, you know, I didn't do a good job with. I lost some of the tapes. Well, if you have any, Brendan's got to be able to do, I think he's got everything techie. <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like he can do anything. Yeah, so yeah. If, if you have any of those tapes you want up on YouTube, I'm sure yeah. you connect Jeremy, Jeremy can connect you with Brendan. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we can get a lot of that stuff on YouTube if you'd be open to that. I mean, they've been posting a bunch of them. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, every once in a while, I, there's a guy, his name's Darius. Yeah. He, he, he sends me a note. What about this? 
Yeah. And it was a match. It's a match. He, yeah. he knows more about you than you do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he'll, and you know, it's one of those. And then a couple of times in a row, he sent me matches, and I, I didn't really remember them, so I watched them, and I lost. <laughs> Why are you I, sending me this? <laughs> and I, and I, just, I wrote him a note back. I said, what are you doing? I don't want to watch me lose. <laughs> and... Uh, but uh, he's since then he's been sending me winning ones. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think if you have any of those that we can, you know, get Brendan on. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to get work for you, Brendan. But uh, <laughs> that, that, I think we don't want to see it. 18 strikes, Shattuck. Yeah, His last name was Shattuck. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. And, and I was gonna say earlier because you had said, you know. That's what happens. You get old. You forget things. We had a 21 year old, like and you had Josh Daly. Every everybody who's been on this podcast, the same thing happens. They list a bunch of people. We shut the mic off. We go out. We talk for about five, ten, two hours, and then they always say, "You know what? I forgot to say." Or, yeah. I forgot, <laughs> or Corey forgot a guy on his world's team. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So it ha- it happens to everybody. So yeah. don't worry about that. That's always going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, if we can get any of those, I'm sure that we, you know, we're trying to. And I'll take a look. Yeah. Uh, they get, they got to be somewhere, and and you know, uh, it's just, you know, at the times that they were made, and the you know people that knew how to convert things like yeah. that, and it just didn't happen. But the the YouTube is. Uh, it's changing a lot. I mean, even Facebook Live. I've said it before. Candlepin Chat has really helped this game kind of get an upswell mm-hmm. and people yeah. having interest in the game, knowing about tournaments that are out there. And yeah. Also, it's such a community-driven game. We're yeah. so spread out now yeah. that I think we need something like that. And I think it's it's cool that when these videos go up of some of the matches that are 20, 30, 40 years old, people get so excited to see them, yeah. especially if it's going to yeah. be the first time in however long. Yeah. Like I said to you yesterday, I'm like, I didn't realize when I was you know 10, 12 years old that I may never see these shows again. Yeah. yeah. That's really what the big shame was. Because yeah. channel, channel 5 taped over everything. Yeah. They didn't yeah. keep anything. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you were inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2011. Mm-hmm. Who, who nominated you? Um, Jack Sanek. Oh. Yeah, you guys were, were pretty close. Yeah, we were close. Uh, yeah. I think I, I mentioned to you afterwards, yeah. before we started, that I read that he died in Facebook. Which was, I mean, we talked frequently. Yeah. And to read that he died and then to go check it and find out it was true, mm-hmm. it was one of the, the biggest shocks of my life. You know, if it hadn't been for that, I'd have missed the wake and the funeral. Yeah. Uh, so I... It's it's good that I saw it, but it, it yeah. to learn something like that about someone you're close with, right? That way, I'll tell you that'll set you back. Yeah, <laughs> I think more and more that's what people. Everything just gets posted now. Nobody yeah. makes a phone call. I think it's just right. you know, well, it was on my on my page. How did you not yeah. see it? Right. Yeah. But I mean, in your in your in your class, I mean, you were with some great bowlers. Oh yeah. I mean, you had. Uh, Nance Vestal, Bob Kelly was in your was in your class. Ralph Sim, Joe Tavernese, uh, Rosario yeah. was in your was in your class. But was was he there that night? Or he no, he wasn't. He was. Uh, I guess he had cancer at the time, and his nephew. I think. I don't think it was his son. I think it was his nephew mm-hmm. got the 
got to give he gave a speech on mm-hmm. on Rosie. I don't I don't even know if he's still with us. No, he's no, not. He, he passed away. It's oh, um, too bad. His daughter came in came into Fairway one day with I don't know if it was her kid or maybe her younger brother. She would come in during the day and they bowl and she was good. Yeah, like she was she was good. I mean yeah. she she threw it like she knew what she was doing. And of course I don't know who this is. Yeah. So I go you know we go up to her like. Have you thought about joining a league? I'm like you're yeah. you're really good. She's like, I have no interest. She goes, My yeah. dad was a bowler. I'm all good. I'm like, Who was your dad? Oh, Rosario Lucchiara. I'm like, uh. Oh. And she goes, Yeah, no. She goes, I appreciate it, but I'm but I'm good. And I was like, Okay. What a show. I'm like, I'm sorry. Great bowl. Yeah, he. God, Mongo used to do the best play Rosario impersonations. He said, Nobody you beat to me. I am as a champ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Craig, Craig had one too. He's like, "Oh, I cannot believe I'm losing to the kid." <laughs> now, were you ever involved in money matches? You were telling yeah. me a story about um, Putney. I don't know if that yeah. was about bowled, a money match. I bowled uh, quite a few, but you know, when you when you go to buy a house, your first house, you aren't as smart as you think you are. Correct. And like I said, my dad died when I was 19, so I didn't. I didn't have someone with experience yeah. on those things to, to bring with me. And about um, three weeks before we were going to close, I got what would be the amount of money I needed to have. And it was $2,000 higher than what I had anticipated. Yeah, they don't tell you about all those pesky clothes. Yeah, they face. don't tell you. Just so happens that I heard that they were looking, and Jimmy Putney was looking for a money match, uh, and why not? He didn't put up his own money. He had, he had yeah, guys that yeah, put it up for him, and, you know, he would get a cut. Uh, he would just bowl. So I bowled him on back-to-back Saturdays in Canton. That's how I made the 2000 up, 1000 for each week, and I told my wife about it about four years later. I thought she was going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Fran Honorado told me that it, he had two money matches, you know, a, a ten stringer home and home. Yeah, and it was he ended up getting like five thousand dollars out of this match, and he goes, mm-hmm. that, was, "That was that was a down payment of my house." Yeah, he goes, "Like this is like nineteen sixty five, and I'm like, yeah. you're winning five grand in nineteen sixty five. I'm like, that it's, is insane." It, I mean, you think about it now, right? I mean, what are the biggest payout tournaments? I know your tournament doing the Candlepins at about twelve hundred, yeah. top prize. I run the Bear. We've done two grand. I don't think they do anymore, but uh, Easter Classic used to do five grand. They used to, but that's yeah. in today's time. Like yeah. I can't imagine five. What, what year would you say this was? It was like it was like the mid sixties. They went five grand for one match. Not that yeah. it's not a hard match. I'm not yeah. discrediting it at right, all. But, but it's just, just the, what that money like. What yeah. does that equal now? That's yeah. yeah. Well, I know that for me, what I told my wife was, you know, she said, "What if you had lost?" I said, "I couldn't lose. We had a close on the house." Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. Man with us back against the walls of danger. Yeah. yeah. Don't, by the way, remember when we got that extra two thousand yeah. dollars? So this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I used to. I went to Northeastern. I used to bowl a lot of, a lot of money matches uh, during some of the days in between classes. I'd walk in there and throw a few balls in the gutter and off to the left, <laughs> off to the right. And I had two guys who would who would come with me, they were like bookends, about 6'4", both of them, and their job was to get me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I used to I used to bowl there constantly and uh, make. I mean, I probably wouldn't have made it through school without having to hose all money if it weren't for those matches. No, so. no. Where where would you go? Like if you were going to school in Northeastern, where? Huntington Fifty Five was the was the place. Yeah. It's right across the street. It's gone now. Was that right on? Was that Route Nine? Was that Route Nine? Um, it's sort of the extension of Route Nine. It's Huntington Ave, I think. Right. is what it is. So. So ultimately. Um, what, what led you to give it up? It's just the injuries, the back surgeries? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I've thought about it recently, and uh, my, my surgeon basically told me there are certain things that even though I've done them for years, I can't do them anymore. Yeah. I, I anticipated playing golf once I retired, and he said that that would be great once. Once? <laughs> <laughs> So I've had uh, I've had four back surgeries. There's only one level left that isn't uh, fused. I've had a ne- major neck surgery and shoulder surgery, and it just it just uh, you know it's kind of prohibitive at this point. It doesn't make any sense. Do so. you ball bowl at all just even for fun or just? No, no. So when was the last time you picked up a bowling ball? I came back from Colorado in 94 and somewhere between 94 and 95 and you saw, you were there I I bowled um, uh, four or five strings uh, things felt good yeah and um, but that was just before my third surgery so and then since then even like recreationally just no. never yeah no. the, the lanes the, the, there's so many of them that are gone yeah I mean so many that I bowled in did you have a specific like bowling ball, like the weight or a type that you went with? Yeah, I, I started out and stayed way too long with an ebonite set that was two pounds, five ounces. Oh, wow. And I didn't throw strikes. I threw nine pin drops. And that's why, you know, that, that gave me my practice on singles. Yeah. You know, in my day, I would have bet that I could hit 97 singles out of 100 if you, if you put them on the plate. Mm-hmm. Then... I went to two sevens. That's a big jump. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs two sixes? Um, all of a sudden, I started throwing strikes. <laughs> and that was really a, a turning point where, you know, 635 became, you know, 685. Big difference with a double right. and yeah. instead of two right. nine-pin drops, right, right. you know. So those are really the, the, only, the only sets I've bowled in. Bold with uh, the Paramounts uh, that I have, that I threw the 500 with, I haven't used in 25 years, but I will not throw them. I was going to ask you. Did you? I, I ask everybody this. No, did you have a favorite bowler, either growing up or later on, just somebody that you loved watching? Yeah, I love watching Pete Iannuzzo. I don't know if too many people remember remember Pete. See, I know I know his son Pete because I'm assuming you're talking yeah. about the old. The, I am. The, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I've bowled with his son Peter. Yeah, uh, quite a bit. He used to use these white balls, and he took a reasonably long approach, and he put that ball down. You couldn't hear Anything. a sound. He was. Uh, to me, he was someone that you could really learn from. Whereas, like Charlie Jutras, he was a little bit different. He was a little bit rough because yeah. when he, he'll drop the ball a few times. Yeah. Yeah. He always seemed to find the right pin. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then Fran, you know, and, and just, just for watching's sake, watching a guy like Peter Flynn yeah. and Tommy. 
uh, Babe Carrington. You know, a lot of these guys. I mean, uh, you know, we we were in the in the same cycle of our bowling, and yeah. we were all good at the same time. And so, uh, you know, you could get a lot of a lot of uh, you know. A lot of, not information, but a lot of um, you would you would be happy to watch these right. guys because they were so talented. Yeah, I mean you have like, like Carrington. Like I don't remember him throwing a lot of strikes. Yeah, but his rotation on the ball it was it, every like every yeah. shot was the same. Eight drop plank, eight drop yeah. plank, yeah. eight drop plank. Yeah, he may throw a nine drop plank. Yeah, you know it's just very clutch. Uh, he murdered me the day my pool didn't go in. But we had another match on Channel 5, and he, he beat me like 424 to 390-something. Great match. Yeah. And then I took him out in one of the live shows. So, you know, it's... It, it, you know, I, I was lucky enough to, to bowl these guy bowl a lot of these guys and 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 win my share. Peter Flynn, uh, I was able to beat him. Uh, Peter had a, had a lot of bad luck on Channel Five. Uh, I don't know what his record was, but I do know that for some reason he had more spread eagles on Channel Five than anyone I can ever remember. Well, I mean, if somebody throws the ball like him, if he's a hair off yeah. or a hair full, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ashline was another one that. Joey Ashline. Yeah, I mean, right? I don't know who threw the ball harder. Uh, I think Ashline threw it yeah. harder. I mean, uh, talk talk about a, a wind up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one one stat I actually found it. So you made the live show five times. Yeah. Each time, you finished in each different place. That's right. Oh, that's right. It's like yeah. for the cycle. Right. <laughs> you know, they, the, the, the first one, I. I had to bowl Tim Lip Lipke, I think, mm -hmm. and I needed a spare in the last box, and I hit the shot, and one of the pins just kind of walked across uh, the lane yes. and didn't go. All I would have needed on it was five to tie and six to win. I got annihilated in my in the first match with. Um, the guy from Lind. I'm Joe Tavanis. Okay. Joe Tavanis. Um, <laughs> we edit everything. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, uh, I, I think I was climbing the ladder because they changed the format. It wasn't right. two against five or right. three against four. And then the winners, whoever got through it, bowled one. It was five, four, three, two, one. Right. So that did not work for me initially. <laughs> Um, but I got uh, uh, I got beat by someone on the South Shore uh, who I had beat on Channel 5 a number of times, but he, he did a good job on me. And then I won, and then I that was got the my second place against Jack Sanek. I always had trouble bowling against people I was really close with. Yeah, and we were really close at that time. I am, for the time that he did that, and the amount of time that he lived, I am so happy that I lost that match. Yeah, you know he he got so much out of that match. The the ability kind of was his father was gone, but he was he he was very close with his dad. Yeah, and he. Uh, he used to say, you know, that that 
that was it for him, the culmination, you know, that he was like his dad, you know. And, and it, it, you know, no one likes losing and no one likes talking about it or hearing about it. Right. But I'm so glad I lost that match because he yep. had a lot of joy from that. That was probably the season that he threw the four out, the four-bagger. It was. It was. And then I went on and, and knocked him into second place. <laughs> so I had the, the catbird seat at 487 or something like mm -hmm. that. But uh, we were, I don't know what it was. Uh, neither one of us bowled well. He bowled a, a, obviously better enough to, to beat me. But, um, you know, sometimes the scores are high. You used to see that on the show a lot. Sometimes the scores are high. Yeah, and sometimes they're not. And well, even doing the Candlepins, which is all one string, I was just watching it the, from the last taping that you guys had, and Myrick saying they don't all have to be one fifty to one forty six. A good match is a good yeah. match. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look at uh, Olsta lost his streak to a three fifty something. Yeah, and then the winner threw like a three twenty something the week after that. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you never know. It's Candlepins. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah. That, but then I think the entire last season, Channel Five was on. Like everybody threw a four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, they. They. Yeah, souped, I think the, They souped everything up. Um, the leader was the the one that was in first place was Alfie Johnson. Yeah. Four sixty. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, he threw that against Paul Willits. Yeah. He 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 said on the on TV. He said, uh, Don Gillis said, well, you'll have the, the catbird seat. And he said, I'll wait till Ulster and Berger are gone. Then I'll agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alfie's a good guy. We're, yeah, we're, we're supposed to talk to him uh, pretty soon. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. He really is. A few is. scheduling conflicts on both sides, but yeah. we'll get yeah, it done. Yeah, we'll get it yeah, done. You should because he's, 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 he's somebody, guy. I mean, he's trying so hard to get things yeah, going. I, I can I can sense that um, the different tournaments he's talked about and yeah. and the uh, he's doing something now for for the cancer. Yeah, candlepins for cancer. Yeah, and that's typical, Alfie. Yeah, he, he, yeah he's, he's a real real good guy. I, I got the opportunity to bowl in a world's team with him in 2018, yeah. and. Uh, it was just a great experience. Yeah. Like it, 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 it was good to see him. It was almost like he was a kid in a candy store again. Yeah. You know, it was his first world's back, and he was just having yeah. a blast. Yeah, he, and he and he's real. I mean, yes. there's, there's no phony. Yes. Uh, business with Alfie. He'll tell you straight. And, you know, it, it's fun seeing stuff like that. Like, I remember, again, same taping. Obviously, this wasn't on the show, but Bob Whitcomb saying it felt good to be under the lights again. He said, I know it's not Channel 5 or Channel yeah, 50, yeah, but yeah. he's like, it felt, you, you felt the goosebumps again and everything yeah, else. Yeah. It's cool to see people who took some time away from the game coming back and saying, yeah. I remember this. Like, yeah. But. Yeah, no, um, we're, we're right around around that time. I don't know, Danny, do you have anything else? No, I think uh got all my questions out. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, thank you so much for coming. Hey, it was, uh, it was my pleasure. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Uh, no, that's what you're here for. It's a lot There's going to be a lot of, of questions I'm sure we think of after the fact because yeah. I forget stuff as well. So if you'd ever want to come back on, we'd love to have you again. Yeah. yeah. No, thank it's you. It's a lot of memories. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. That was a fantastic interview with Paul. That was one. I'd love to have him on again. That was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, with these Channel 5 guys, you know, this this is my my glory days. Like, you know, oh, for sure. th these, these are me just talking to my heroes just like another person. 
and just hearing him tell the stories of, you know, his 500 or, you know, his money matches to, to get the extra money for the payment on his house, you know, and it's it's just, it's so interesting to hear, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, definitely a different, different era for sure. For sure. But uh, Paul's one of those guys that we definitely want to have come back at some point if he's willing to come on. Cause there's, this is one of those things that you listen back and you say, Oh, we should have asked him more about this or that. Like definitely a lot of stories and a lot of history that Paul had. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I enjoyed the whole entire time. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as, uh, as we did. Uh, but we do want to get in some results of uh, what happened recently. Of course, one that affects you, Jeremy, the Chicha. Ah, uh, yes. We have a new champion of the, what's so what we we're in the, fall or was that spring you're the fall champion right yeah this is a spring one spring one which finished in fall that makes sense I, I'm, I'm with it yeah i was eliminated so long ago <laughs> this is the same one i was eliminated from right yep okay just trying to keep track so going up the ladder we have matt susi now keep in mind these guys had to grind through 64 other bowlers to get here so that is incredible um to get to that level just to be in the final four here uh, Matt Susie finishing with a 547 for fourth place. Dave Barber, 584 in third place. Joey Lister with a 591 in second place. And the winner of the spring chicha, Corey Packard with a 671. So I think I made the post earlier where I said uh, we're going to have two Outrun the Bear doubles champions going head to head for the uh, for the prize of the fall spring chicha champ. I don't know what season that goes into, but you guys are going to be going <laughs> for $1,000. Yeah, but Corey did promise me, or I, he made me promise him that I would let his uh, his blisters heal before we bowled. <laughs> How do you decide who goes second? Is it who had the higher string? I honestly don't know. Yeah, I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, so that's going to be a great uh, a great match. It's going to be really exciting to see two elite bowlers. I know you're not going to pat yourself on the back. Um, I, I just remember when we got probably down to the 16. You kept looking at that list going, there's nobody that's going to be a cakewalk at this point. Like, no, and that was just uh, Corey's one of those guys. If, if you don't put him away early, uh, he's going to sneak up in your rearview mirror real quick. So, but the, the nice thing though is, I mean, I love Corey, he's one of my favorite people. I'll at least be nice and comfortable. You know, so, I, I like being comfortable kind of helps me. Are you going to high five? How can I not high five? <laughs> I had to ask. So that'll be, so that's going to be, I believe, is that a Timberlands that you guys are rolling off or did you guys have a place? I, I don't know if the that's going to be a Timberlands or not. Okay. You should probably find out so you don't miss the date. Yeah, probably should. Are you involved in any of this or do you just show up and bowl? I just show up and bowl. So <laughs> what else do we have this weekend? Uh, we had the doubles at spare time, the doubles elimination tournament. Oh, nice. I, what a, did, did they have a full house? I think they had 23 out of 24. I think they only were short of, one team. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to read off all the teams. It's a lot of teams and a lot of scores. But the final four, you had Casey McCool, Anthony Karen, Mark Uvard with Sandy Picard, Anthony, Triple T, Iannuzzi, Stephen Bott, Steve Reno, and Steve Spingola. I didn't know Triple T still bold. So I yeah, learned something today. Yeah. So it looks like um, Triple T and Steven Bott came out on top over Steve Reno, Steve Spingola, 268 to 209. 
Very nice. I also, uh, you know, we do the accolades and everything. Before I forget, uh, speaking of bowlers that I thought were retired, but still bowl from now, Dave Chesterkov's son and our kids league bowled a one one today, or uh, last week, I should say. That's awesome. I think he's 11. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, I had to throw that in there before I forgot. Yeah, and the um the the payouts were pretty good payouts. Uh, first place was eight forty five to the team. Second place was five forty five. Third place was three ninety five, and fourth place is one eighty five. Nice. I mean, it's always good to see when that payment starts to you know get over five hundred dollars, closer to closing in on a thousand. That's I mean, I think it was a hundred dollars a team. So when you're getting eight times your money back, that's always a good thing. Yes. Uh, you know, Eric does a great job with the tournaments over there, and of course, Mark Moon runs a great place over there. He's really turned that place around, which is great to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do we have for upcoming tournaments? Uh, we have we have the Pro Series coming up uh, this coming Sunday, October 17th at Spare Time. Oh, another Spare Time. They're they're crushing it over there. Yeah, they are. And then King of the Hill at the end of the month, also at Spare Time. And then King of the River. But yeah, it, uh, for the rest of the month, I, I believe that's it. I'm not sure um, what's coming up at the beginning of November. I don't think much because we have Worlds coming up. Yep. You know, the second week, I believe. Now, we did, you had the taping uh, of the uh, candle pins for cancer. Now, yes. who, do you remember the, the, the seating, how that went? Yeah, starting from fifth, it went Fuller, McGinty, Godwin, Corey Packard, and Nick Norcross. Okay. So I'm going to shut the mics off right now. Who won? No. <laughs> You're not even going to tell me. Nope. Ah, oh, that's rough. No spoilers. All right. Can I assume that Nick Norcross came in the top two? Sure. <laughs> so, all right. I'll try to get it out of you uh, later uh, once we get off the air. But uh, overall, what was the atmosphere like? It was a lot of fun. The, the crew had a lot of fun. Um, wished you were there, obviously. But, you know, if we can get spectators, it can be something really, really special. Yeah, did you get a lot of spectators up there? And we had a handful of bowlers that showed up, and they're like their families. But the next taping is going to be in Portsmouth, so there's a little more okay. room to where they are. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully that we can get you know a good crowd. Uh, and obviously, they have that fantastic sign that they can uh, <laughs> that Andrew Medeiros can put up there. Maybe they'll get some drop-ins. Yeah, we were having those sign wars during COVID, so maybe you can put it to good use. Absolutely. So I think that's all I have for today. That's all I got. All right. Well, till next time.